Hello, and welcome to the DMV Business Show, a weekly show where we get to meet local business and community leaders in the DC, Maryland, and Virginia area. They get to impact their story and how they got there. You can expect to hear advice and learn about their journey and how they went from point A to point B. My name is Odo Sevilla, and I'm a commercial real estate advisor in the local DC, Maryland, and Northern Virginia area. I have been very fortunate to have worked with many amazing entrepreneurs and executives, from startup founders to international Fortune 500 companies. And one of the things I love about what I do is I get to form these great relationships with some interesting people. I get to know them and I learn about how it all started. And I love hearing a good business story. When I'm not working in commercial real estate, I just also happen to be the host of this show. So please enjoy and welcome to the DMV Business Show. Hello everyone, welcome to the DMV Business Show. Today I have a special guest, Doug Miller. Doug is the CEO of several companies, Core Nutritionals, America Labs, America Energy, and the Nutrition Corners. Doug is also a free bodybuilding two-time world champion. Thank you for coming on the show, Doug. Appreciate it. Sure, sure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So as I was mentioning offline, you know, I like to start off from the very, very beginning. Are you from around the area here or where did you grow up? No, I grew up outside of Philadelphia, a small town called Huntington Valley. Um, lived there till I was 18 and then I went to Penn State, uh, so Central PA. And then right after school, uh, I came down to the DC area for my first job and that's really what has brought me to the area. Okay, so you were just outside of Philly or just in Pennsylvania? Just outside of Philadelphia, uh, okay. in Pennsylvania. It's a uh, North Philly, it's called Huntington Valley, so okay. a suburb outside of Philadelphia. So you, were, you grew up there? Mm-hmm. Okay. And as a child, were you into, how were you? Were you into sports? What were you into back then? Yeah, I was extremely active. And that's kind of um, how I got into this bodybuilding journey, which eventually led to all these businesses that we have now. So um, I played uh, baseball. I, play, I played soccer. I swam. Um, I did them all at a very high competitive level. But the one thing that held me back from taking it to the next level and really pursuing this in college um, was my size. I was, you know, five, nine and a quarter, <laughs> you know, if I'm lucky. And, uh, you know, I was probably 130 pounds soaking wet uh, when I graduated high school. So I had the skills like, um, man, I can run forever. Um, I just didn't have the size to play at the next level. So I got recruited at some other smaller schools to play soccer and swim. Uh, but instead I chose, uh, really to pursue academics. When I went off to school, I went to the Penn state honors program and I decided to study biochemistry and economics, um, in that program. So, um, at that time, you know, I was really looking to find an outlet for all the, uh, sports I used to play. And that's really kind of how I stumbled upon the gym. Awesome. Well, back then was, what was your favorite sport? I know you mentioned soccer and swimming. Were, were those your top favorites or? Yeah. I mean, probably soccer. I mean, I grew up playing baseball all through the little league, those, those little leagues, uh, travel leagues, all that. So yeah. I always have a love for baseball, but I probably would say soccer was probably my favorite. Swimming um, was probably the hardest for sure just because of the amount of dedication before and after school, the amount of training you need to do to really uh, perform at that level. Um, it was intense. And so 
a lot of young kids get burnt out of swimming because of the practices are so uh, grueling and our practices were definitely grueling. So um, yeah, I would probably say soccer. What position did you play in soccer? I was a midfielder, right oh, midfield. Man. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. I, I played soccer growing up also. I grew up in DC and mostly just soccer and either mid or sometimes they would put me in D. Um, yeah. And actually I have three little ones. And so later on this afternoon, we have a soccer practice to, to head to. Yeah, so, I have a football. So I have a three-year-old and a six-year-old. And my six-year-old is just, uh, he's playing baseball right now, but he just loves football. So we're doing at three? football. At six. Oh, at, at six. six. Okay, yeah, okay, sorry, okay. At six. Okay. Um, so he's just kind of obsessed with football. I'm like, well, you want to try soccer? It's probably a lot safer than, you know, going that route. It's just flag football now. But, um, and he does have, you can see the raw talent in him. So it's really fun to watch. Oh, it's awesome. Do you have the three-year-old in anything or no? Yeah, he just started T-ball, but he doesn't – I mean, he's in his, he's a wild man. So, like, he likes to hit the ball, but then when he's out in the field, he's throwing the, ball, the glove up in the air and, you know, picking daisies. And he just – he's a little <laughs> too young yet yeah. for that. So, probably another year until he's really into it. Yeah, I have, a, I have three boys. My oldest is nine. Um, I have one turning seven in two weeks and then I have a four-year-old oh, and yeah. we wanted to put the four-year-old, I have the two oldest, like they've, they've done swimming and soccer and some basketball and um, actually had the, the oldest one in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And yeah. um, I want to put my youngest one four because he's the aggressive out of all of them. He's just all about it into soccer. But uh, like you said, I think he's just too young. His focus is not there. That's and, exactly right. Yeah. It is just and like, he's not he's not really at a great coachable age yet. He's still at that rebellious age where if you tell him to do something, he'll do the exact opposite, you know, just to <laughs> piss you off. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so then you went to school. You, you stayed in school in Pennsylvania, you said, right? Yeah, so I went to Penn State. Okay, Penn State. And uh, you didn't play any athletics. Are you just focused on academics, you said? No, no. I decided to get, kind of go all in on the uh, academics part of it. Um, and that's really why I got to the gym because I was used to training year round, right? You know, I played club sports and did all that stuff too, but just wasn't the same as the regimented training. And so I had a buddy kind of who was already into lifting, uh, kind of drug me to the gym and I got pretty much hooked instantly. You know, I gained 30 pounds the first, the summer between my freshman year and sophomore year, I gained about 30 pounds of muscle. Um, wow. And so I was like instantly hooked. Okay. Okay. And you said you were studying um, econ and biochemistry? Yeah. So okay. um, my main degree was biochemistry and molecular biology. And then um, I decided to do my honors thesis work in economics. Okay. Um, just because at one point I thought maybe I wanted to be a doctor, but I do not like blood. I found, I found out. And then also um, I didn't want to be a, go pursue a PhD. Um, I had a couple professors really try to push me to go get a PhD in organic chemistry and uh, some other um, fields, but I didn't want to be in a lab for the rest of my life, right? Like it's another four years for a PhD and then you're doing lab work, postdoc work. And it's just like, I didn't want to go that route. Um, it was super interesting. I was probably way more trained on the biochemistry and science aspect than I was the economics aspect. But I ended up writing my honors thesis in, uh, economics and that kind of brought me to my job when I graduated school what what made you to go into biochemistry I'm curious back then I was a math science guy 
I hated okay. language arts and history. Okay. Uh, I just had a natural, my dad was a math teacher. Um, and I just had this natural ability for uh, high level math and physics and chemistry. And um, I just really enjoyed it. And I had no interest in studying history or uh, I didn't really love the right at all. So I was just more inclined to that. And it sounded super interesting. Uh, you know, it was a, that BMB is what it's called biochemistry and molecular biology at Penn State is a great program. And it focuses a lot on like genetics and all that stuff. So this is 20 years ago. Um, you know, we've learned a lot since then, but you know, it's really cutting edge stuff. And um, yeah, it was just interesting to me. Did, did you have an idea when in school as far as what you were thinking back then ahead with your career or? Um, that's why I threw economics on as a double major. Okay. Um, I mean, really, when I realized I didn't want to be a doctor, when I realized, you know, I didn't want to spend the next four years pursuing a PhD, four to eight years pursuing a PhD, um, you know, I looked at your typical uh high paying, high performance jobs, investment banking, um, uh, consulting, uh, things like that. And so, and that led me to uh, consulting, really. You know, I was looking for management consulting firms and uh, actually the, the firm I ended up going with is a DC firm. Uh, it was a startup firm at the time. And now I think it was rated like one of the best places to work in really the entire country. It's called Bates White. Okay. Uh, they're an economic litigation consulting firm. And I actually started there when I was uh, the summer between my junior and senior year. Um, the head of the, P the econ department at Penn State had an affiliation with some of the partners that started the firm. And so I got an in, did an interview, got a job. I was like the first intern with the company. So the company had, you know, less than 20 people at the time. Worked there that summer and they gave me a job offer that fall of my senior year. So senior year was great. I already had, you know, a job offer ready to go. And so I started working literally like the week after graduation in May of 2001 uh, at Bates White down in DC doing economic litigation consulting. Um, and I did that for about 13 years before going all in on the business side of it. Wow, you were there for a long time, 13 years. Yeah. What, what, so you said uh, economics litigation consulting? Yeah, so we were, we were I worked a lot in uh, the price fixing uh, or antitrust portion of the firm. They do a lot of different things. You know, they do bankruptcies, they do mergers, they do uh, anything that needs economic analysis or econometric analysis to determine uh, damages or, you know, anything of that nature okay. is what we would do as consultants. And so, I worked a lot in the, the price fixing um, uh, department, which basically we would come in and we'd be hired by the plaintiffs or the defendants to figure out, okay, there was some illegal conspiracy to fix the prices of, let's say vitamins, because that was actually really happened. And that was the first case I worked on. Um, and, you know, so we came in and looked at all the data, looked at all the things going on in the market. And our job was to figure out what, was the price supposed to be or what the price would have been but for the conspiracy so if you uh, remove the conspiracy and you took into effect all the supply and demand factors of certain vitamins what were those what would those prices have been 
And doing that, you can figure out what the damages should have been for the, the people that were harmed by this. Um, it was really interesting stuff. It was a lot for me. I focused more on the data analytics side of it. So I did a lot of programming and uh, data cleaning and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was a great job and it was really hard to leave because I had, you know, it was a great paying job. I was one of the youngest managers, you know, there. Um, I had a lot of people working under me, you know, great benefits, all of that. And um, I really liked the people I worked with, you know, they were uh, super intelligent. They were all, most of them were PhDs. The, most of the people there are PhDs. A lot of the consultants are not, but um, many of them are PhDs, really smart people. Um, and so on the side, I was working like 80 hours a week doing that. And then on the side, I was building my own businesses. Okay. Um, so in my twenties and early thirties, I mean, I'm no stranger to working a hundred plus hours a week. That's for sure. <laughs> but uh, that's before family, before children. A hundred percent. Okay. That's why, that's why we <laughs> waited until we were like 35 to have kids. So when you started with that company, Doug, you were, you said employee number 20 or so and 13 years yeah. later, how many, uh, you said there was a lot of growth. They probably, there. they probably are, if I had to guess, they have to be over 200 at this point. Okay. Easily. Okay. Easily. They're a phenomenal firm. I mean, like I saw them, it was really cool to be a part because like I helped single-handedly had a role in shaping how that firm develops. Like we were the ones who set up the interview questions. We were the ones who wrote the training manuals. Now I'm sure they've evolved through the years, but it was really fun to have that opportunity to really kind of, uh, um, you know, lay the groundwork for the future of that company. So it was, it was, it was a great job. Um, it's just, it wasn't my passion. You know, it, it just really wasn't. Um, I enjoyed some of the things I did, but I, I couldn't get excited about it. Like, you know, some of my coworkers. Sure. So once you're in there in that company, when is it immediately the first year you start sort of thinking about this passion you have, the side project or how many years into that did you start? So I started working there in 2001. Okay. And the first business that I started was in 2004. Okay. Uh, late 2004, we brought our first product to market in 2005, um, and that was Core Nutritionals. So okay. at the time, I was a young um, bodybuilder, natural bodybuilder, drug-free bodybuilder, working for a company that was very demanding. So, you know, it was, I made sure to go to the gym regardless, but like the eating sometimes became difficult. So I was using like meal replacement packets, like back in those days, it was like those old school EAS, Mio, Myoplex packets. But the problem was they were lower quality. They were like a really fast acting insulin spiking carbohydrate. They used kind of like filler uh, proteins. They just weren't that high of quality. And so I was like, man, we can do this and we can do it better. Like there's gotta be a better solution. So after researching, um, you know, at the time when I first started, I actually had a business partner, which I bought out after two years. Um, we decided to bring out a meal replacement that was based on slow digesting carbohydrates, oat and barley flour, a better blend of protein, something that tastes great, but had better macronutrients. Um, and, you know, I wanted to be fully transparent about everything we do, because at that time, back in 2004, the supplement industry was very shady. Everyone had a proprietary blend. And what that is, is basically, you know, you say, you know, take a fat burner, for instance, you could say there's uh, 
1,000 milligrams of stuff in here, but they don't tell you how much of each of the individual ingredients, and they just pixie dust the expensive ingredients to say that they're in there, but they're not at clinical doses, and they throw a bunch of caffeine in there. So we were really some of the first in the sports nutrition arena to uh, found our company on full disclosure, non-proprietary blends, no fillers, all efficacious doses. So ingredients used uh, in the right amounts that elicit the response that the marketing tells you they should elicit, not just to keep the cost of the product low. At the end of the day, I would tell people, I'm creating this product around what I want to use. If you want to use them too, great. And that's why the business was really kind of just a hobby for the first, shoot, I reinvested every penny because I had a good paying job. I didn't need the money. I reinvested every penny for the first seven years of that business. Oh, wow. um, and so I never took anything out of it uh, during that time. And that helped us grow uh, tremendously, adding new products every year and just reinvesting back into uh, the business. Now, how does one go about even the first product you mentioned? It sounds like there, there's a lot of details involved. Did, did you have to bring other groups and parties to help you formulate everything? Yeah, so I'm not like mixing up protein in my bathtub, right? There's very high strict levels of good manufacturing processes and audits, uh, FDA audits, and all these things that multi-million dollar large manufacturers do. Um, so we contract with a contract manufacturer to run our product that we design. We work with them to go back and forth to get the flavoring and consistency and ingredients and all that right, just how we want it. And then we contract them to manufacture. Okay. Um, and so, man, I mean, the barriers to entry in the supplement industry are very low. I mean, you could start a company really honestly for, if you had 10,000, we started with 20,000 bucks, right? And like, you could do that. Uh, I don't recommend it because we did in the beginning, a lot of things wrong. Um, and we certainly weren't fully compliant when we first started. We didn't even have insurance, right? Like we yeah. just were like, you know, we weren't doing all of the things that we have to do now and that we demand now. So um, really you need much more money than that to start a, a legitimate supp dietary supplement business. Uh, but we kind of, you know, I didn't really have a mentor in the space. We kind of learned as we went. And so over the past 15, 16 years, you know, I've just come across the right people um, and have learned by making mistakes too uh, throughout that time. So in, in the beginning, you said the first seven years, everything you made, even with your full-time job, you just put back into the company. Yeah, well, no, I mean, obviously I have bills, right? Like, well, yeah, so besides, had, yes. Con, yeah. You know, a condo, a house, you know, like I had to pay for that stuff. But every penny that the company made got reinvested. I never took a distribution from the company. I never paid myself a salary. Okay. So it was all, and it was me doing everything, like literally. For the first seven years or how? Uh, just about. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I would con I'm not a graphic designer, so I sure. would contract certain people to do certain things for me. But for the most part, it was me doing everything. How, how were those first couple of years with the business? You know, because when I first started, I really thought it, it was kind of just a little bit of an afterthought. I was very passionate about it, but I wasn't really super concerned with Uber concerned with numbers and growth and all of that because at the end of the day I really enjoyed what I was doing right okay. like it was just fun and then when the money started to become real then it it became really fun and then when the money became very real 
it almost takes some of the fun out of it because it becomes stressful. The more money, more problems, right? Yeah. You have a ton of employees, you got all these expenses. It just, it becomes more difficult. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, the first, the first five years, I mean, it really was literally a hobby and the brand didn't really take off until I became well known in the kind of the natural bodybuilding world. Um, and then it, the brand still, I mean, it was really growing as I became successful in bodybuilding, but it didn't really take off until I kind of took that leap of faith and left my, what I call them the golden handcuffs of a great corporate job and kind of went all in on the uh, dietary supplement uh, realm. During those first couple of years, Doug, at first, let's say five, seven years, as far as the sales, was it mostly just you with buddies here and there? Hey, guys, try this out or... Like you said, I'm sure you're probably winning no, competitions, I'm, right? Or Yeah, so we did that. You know, we uh, went to bodybuilding shows and set okay. up uh, booths and stuff. My wife and I did it. Um, at the time, a friend of mine owned a supplement shop up in New England, and he was actually doing managing the distribution for me. So he sold a lot of it through his store, but he'd also, luckily, at the time, I sent out some cold call emails, and I got in with some rather large company like bodybuilding.com picked me up 15 years ago when we first launched. Oh, wow. It's a lot more difficult now to get into bodybuilding.com than it was 15 years ago. I just had to know the right person to email and they gave me a shot and we've been with them ever since. Um, and like DPS nutrition and some of these larger sites, we got in very early on. And to this day, we maintain that relationship. Um, so we were lucky enough to do that. Um, and then just brick and mortar word of mouth. Um, you know, just started to grow kind of organically. We, you know, there wasn't paid Facebook advertising and all that stuff. I mean, social media really didn't even exist in the very beginning. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, it was just kind of very, it was very organic. And, and this is for the core nutritionals we're talking about, right? Yeah. So that was core nutritional. So core nutritional started in 2005 and it's, it was based and founded on those principles that I talked about efficacious doses, uh, no proprietary blends. Uh, just really well thought out formulas, no fillers, just really high end products. Um, the other businesses came later on. So I opened up one retail store because just like before, when I started core, I wasn't happy with um, the supplements that were on the market at the time. At the same time, I wasn't happy with the retail experience in the dietary supplement industry. So in 2000 and we're coming up on 10 years here. So 2010, 2009, almost, we opened um, Arlington Nutrition Corner. That was the first store. I actually lived one block away, so it was really easy. Okay. Um, <clears throat> across from the Gold's Gym on Wilson Boulevard, you probably yeah. know the area. Um, so I opened that because, you know, it was, there was a lot of GNCs that were run or, or managed by very uneducated people at the time. Um, and it drove me crazy. And there was, you know, they couldn't, they didn't carry all the brands, all the unique brands that they could carry. So we founded uh, the nutrition corners on kind of the idea of best brands, um, best prices. You know, we priced every day at wholesale. We didn't have to have a gold card to get the best price. We just priced great, um, you know, and best knowledge. Like we had great knowledge, uh, great staff to help people reach their goals, not just sell them hopes and dreams at a bottle. And so <clears throat> the first store opened in 2000 and gosh, it was a 2009 or 2010, man. I'm, it's been a while. So I believe it was 
I believe it was the fall of 2010. I think we're on 10 years now. So uh, yeah, to fall of 2010, we opened because my lease just renewed. Um, and we didn't open the second store until I left my job in summer of 2013. So we had Arlington Nutrition Corner where we sold a ton of core through and that, that store actually really helped core grow in this area, the DC area. It is a lot of people were introduced through that store. Um, and then we opened our second store when I quit my job in 2013 in Newport News. And then we kind of grew from there. Uh, we have nine going on 10 stores now uh, in, the Virginia, in the Virginia area for okay. the nutrition corners. Awesome. Now, before you started opening the nutrition corner, was there an inflection point with core as far as you deciding, I think this is the time to leave the golden handcuff. I can see it. Um, yeah, I had in my, you know, in my spreadsheets, in my mind, I knew numbers that we had to be hitting on a monthly basis to make me feel comfortable of uh, leaving my job. And um, I kind of threw out numbers and then we hit those numbers and then I would throw out higher numbers. <laughs> then we hit those numbers. You know, I was really it was hard to leave. Like I, less, like I had the golden handcuffs. It was still really hard. And then finally, um, I actually think the kicker was my wife was pregnant uh. at the same time. So I quit like a month after we found out that she was pregnant. So I was like, I did not want to be a father in the rat race. Um, and so some people might look at that as being like irresponsible, like, like I'm about to be a father and I quit my secure, great paying job, right? Like that's kind of crazy. But to me, it was the other way around. Like I would much rather trade a great paying job for the opportunity to run my own businesses, be successful that way, but also to have my own uh, freedom and time to be with those kids as I raise them. Yeah. So this, so then this is around 2014, 13. Yeah, two, summer 2013, July 2013. I left my uh, full time job. And then you go full force with Core and the, the stores. And then yeah. by then you had two of them, right? Or just you yeah. Were so opening. we had two in that fall. So in 2013 we opened uh, the second store, and then 2015 we opened the third store. Then 2016, we opened four stores that year. Um, we were on a rocket ship. Now we've opened, in total, we've opened 11, uh, yeah, so 11 stores. We closed two of them. We kind of like opened and closed stores at the same time. We went into Bethesda, which we thought was gonna be great. It was terrible to go into Maryland. So we, like within a year, we just decided to, cut our losses and leave. Um, and why, 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 why Maryland? Why do you say that would happen with Bethesda? So it's funny in the retail supplement industry, and this is what we've learned. We've learned a lot through the years. So, so Bethesda has like literally one of the highest household incomes in the country. Yes. In Bethesda. We got a place on Wisconsin Avenue, a great location. Parking was terrible. Yes. Uh, good rent, uh, good terms, but the parking was difficult. But to be honest with you, we found, I might insult a lot of people <laughs> of your listeners. No, it's okay. Talking. Be frank. Um, we found a lot of people were very snooty in Bethesda. I don't know how, what better term to say that. Okay. They were kind of like, they weren't our people. Our people are more 
blue collar, you know, hardworking, not saying they're not hardworking, but yeah. like um, military people or okay. police and fire people or just not high end doctor lawyer, which have make all the money that could easily afford all the supplements. Sure. They're like, at the end of the day, the nutrition corners are a great space. And in fact, we have just, almost just as many women coming there as men. But we have people that are really passionate about fitness. Um, and even people that are not passionate, but that want to make a lifestyle change, you know, we're the place for them, right? Mm -hmm. We were getting a lot of people that already thought they knew it all. That's what I mean by snooty, okay. right? Yes. And so they would come there and they put their nose in the air and, you know, they're like, oh, this is just a bodybuilding store. You know, like stuff like that, okay. which is completely not the case. Um, and so they just were very close-minded. Um, and so it was very hard for us to open up and to reach that community to educate them the way that we can. And so, uh, yeah, the store was by far our lowest performing store. We immediately wow. opened a store with one-fourth the rent. We relocated, basically, and opened our third store in Virginia Beach. Okay. Uh, within the first month, it was doing more than the Bethesda store did in the 10 months that it was open. Wow. Um, and our costs were just a fraction. Right? Sure. So we have found that looking at income, which, I mean, you're a, a real estate guy, you would know this, like for businesses, you're going to look at the average household income, the population around the area. Our demographics for a, a, our retail stores are almost inverse of what you would think. Right. So we really look for, I know this is going to sound weird, but almost like a lower income uh, neighborhoods, not low income neighborhoods, but lower. We don't need Fairfax, Loudoun, Bethesda, high end real estate sure. uh, income. Now we have successful stores in Arlington and Fairfax and, and Dulles and all that. And, and sometimes it does help, but for the most part, um, our highest performing and most profitable stores are in lower income not low income, but lower income areas. And those are, that's stuff that we have found. And so when we're going to open new stores, a lot of what we look for is we look for uh, a military presence. We look for obviously rental rates, but um, how much population is immediately around our store um, and you know the income, but we don't look at the income as a normal person would look at income. Um, so we've learned no. a lot. I agree, but Bethesda may not have been your crowd. Have you thought about, Doug, maybe closer to the Baltimore area before you get to Baltimore, that 95 corridor? Um, I'm moving to North Carolina. Oh, you are? Okay. So our next expansion will be south. Okay. Where, where, where in North Carolina are you going to? Um, Iredell County, just north of Charlotte. Okay. Okay. Why, why the move? We, we can get into that, too. It's also okay. related to real estate. Oh, it is? Yeah. Okay. So, so going back to kind of connect the dots and the stories and the businesses that we have. So, um, and then I'll get to where we are today and why we're sure. moving. So we opened all those stores. We have nine stores now. We're about to open our 10th in Chesapeake, Virginia. So we got three in Virginia Beach. We have one in Newport News. Uh, we have one in Richmond. We got one in Manassas, one in Dulles, one in Arlington, one in Fairfax. And we're about to open one in Chesapeake, which is down in the Virginia Beach area. So that will be our 10th store. Um, and in the supplement side of things, so Core is not the only brand we have. We just went through a massive rebrand this year, and it's been amazing for us. And uh, 
we were really lucky to do it actually in the year of COVID. Uh, it's really been great for us and we've built a great community for the core brand, but we do have other brands. And so um, the, the story behind America Labs, and that's not America, it's America, um, is basically we would have people come into our retail stores and they would look at, a, let's take a pre-workout, for example, and they might see some crazy pre-workout. It's got a skull with snakes coming out of its eyes and it looks great. And if they didn't want to be engaged with our staff as they were trained to engage with somebody, they're, they're just like, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. I kept pushing away. They would go ahead and buy this based on the label and the craziness of the label, but they'd be disappointed because at the end of the day, it might have a proprietary blend what I don't like at core, but like we carry other brands than just our brands at our store. We have like hundred brands, right? So there are some people that still use proprietary blends, although most of the industry has changed. Um, and they were just loaded down with caffeine. So they would come in and buy it once for the maybe visual experience of the bottle, but they would never buy it again because the physical experience of the product was terrible. So in 2016, we thought, man, we can do a marketing heavy driven brand that's going to appeal um, to you either positively or negatively, but get you to take notice um, and really make you buy the product, maybe because of the label. Um, but you're going to keep coming back because we wanted to stick to the same core principles, no pun intended, as core nutritional. So the over like crazy dose products, just really phenomenal formulas, no proprietary blend, great stuff. So in 2016, we launched America Labs and it was a great timing because this was right through the time period when, you know, it was Trump and Hillary and it was, you know, it was coming out of this time where it was, there was just a lot of, there was divisiveness, not like it is today, but pretty close. Um, and whether you loved it or you hated it, America Labs quickly became one of the most engaged with supplement brands on social media. And the idea is we're not a political brand. We're not a right brand. Some people think just because I'll get into this in a second, but our energy drinks mm -hmm. are very patriotic. All the branding is over overly patriotic. People think we're a right brand, but we're really not. We're not left or right. And in fact, we're a satirical patriotic brand, meaning if you are, on the left, you should be able to appreciate our satiric nature of patriotism. It's just what we do in our marketing. If you're on the right, you're going to cling to the uber patriotism that we display. So in theory, we bring something for everyone. We have names of products like our peach flavor is called impeachment. <laughs> our, our, our grape flavor is called let's make America grape again. So we have something for everyone. We don't take sides in that sense. We're just more of a patriotic brand. The brand, the pre-workout Red, White, and Boom quickly became viral. That brand grew <clears throat> rapidly. Um, it's sold across the world now. You know, we have relationships in China. We have relationships in Australia, UK, all over the place. Um, and we're actually going through a bit of a rebrand with that company now, now that we've gotten through the core. We're just repositioning certain things. Um, but so that brand kind of took off in, it launched in January, 2017. Um, so we've been going for about four years now. And then at the time we were drinking, we were just big drinkers of monster energy drinks. This is before the energy drink game. It just kind of blew wide open and everyone's doing an energy drink. Well, I was like, man, we can do an energy drink. We can do it better. And then you slap on our Uber patriotism. Who's not going to love a cold, 
America energy at a NASCAR race, right? Yeah. Um, so that's where we went with that. It took us about a year to bring it to market. And in Memorial Day 2018, we launched America Energy. That's what I'm actually drinking now. And again, we're going through a slight rebrand with this and we're relaunching in 2021. Um, and the, the drink took off. We really focus on, again, we have a non-proprietary blend in here, but our specialty is the, um, how it appeals to the consumer's eye and also the taste of this. We've worked so hard on the taste. Um, we've gone like full out on the taste. Like everyone just loves the taste of these energy drinks. Um, I really think, and they've been voted the best energy drink on the market by some industry sources. So in terms of taste, um, so that was kind of like our third business. And then in 2019, I launched another business where I'm actually, I'm the majority owner, but, uh, partners with two other people. One of those people being Julian Smith, who is, a a massive Instagram influencer. So we launched another brand called Arms Race Nutrition, um, which is, again, sticking to the same principles of our other brands, but it's a digital first kind of influencer driven brand through Julian. It's very vertically integrated with his personal brand. He's an online trainer. He's got a great following. And um, we launched direct to consumer in June of 2019. The day after we launched, we um, signed a deal with GNC and we were the largest opening order uh, PO with GNC for a new brand uh, ever. Um, they love everything about the story behind the brand and what we did. So we signed an exclusivity with GNC for that brand. So you can get it in our stores because I made sure that of that in the contract. Okay. You can buy it in my stores. You can buy it direct on the Arms Race website. The only other place you can get it is GNC, whereas all our other brands are sold all over the world right now. And I know GNC just went through a bankruptcy, so um, that was a, it's, it's still an interesting time, but our relationship with GNC is still great, and uh, they're gonna emerge from the bankruptcy in a much better position. So this brand, Doug, just last, in 2019, right, came out? And how was the turnout? Amazing. Amazing, Amazing. okay. So, America Labs launched in 2017. We did more in the first year than I did in like the first seven years of core nutritionals. We did more in like the first six months of uh, arms race than we did in the first, you know, two years of America. So like wow. each time. Each time it's just getting better and yeah, better. I mean, we know so much more now. It's not yeah. like we're trying to figure this out. We know how to do this. We know how to build brands. Um, you you mentioned – I'm sorry, go ahead. There's always learning curves and, you know, we're learning stuff all the time and we make mistakes and stuff. But for the most part, <clears throat> we have a great, we have a quite a, it's quite remarkable how small of a, again, no pun intended here, core team that we have that run for international brands. Um, you know, yes, we have a lot of people in the stores and we have a decent amount of people, warehouse workers, you know, in the warehouse, but the core team that operate the day-to-day -day, uh, logistics and sales and customer service and uh, marketing is remarkably quite small. How, how big is your team now that you're mentioning that? Uh, I know team is a huge thing. It's very important. I mean, ac across, I mean, across the stores and all that, I mean, the stores probably have, you know, 30 people, but um, here 
so we have in our HQ here in Sterling, I have myself, um, director of operations, director of sales, director of customer service. Then we have warehouse employees, uh, a handful of those. My full-time graphic design is remote. My full-time, two full-time marketing guys are remote. Uh, and my full-time web guy is remote. Okay. So wow. that's it really to run all of these. So really the core is less than 10 people and a, a couple of them are just remote, but they're full-time with you though, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Plus warehouse. Okay. Yep. You mentioned in 2021 next year, you're going through a rebranding for America brand. Are, are you thinking of what name change or just? We've learned a lot through the core nutritionals rebrand in 2020. Okay. Um, as you can see on like this, we have funny like cartoons. This is of a Liberty flavor energy. Drink. <laughs> we usually put uh, dead presidents on our labels. Okay. And we just want to take a little bit of a different, different approach. We want to take almost more like a small batch approach. We don't want all the labels to look the same. So we're doing like more limited release runs with a completely different look every time we drop a product. So they're not all going to look just red, white, and blue like this. We're going to get rid of some of the um, cartoonish nature of it because okay. at the end of the day, that's really funny shtick, especially some of the videos we do and stuff like that. Um, but it might, people might see that and think, oh, this is a lower quality product because of that, when it's quite the opposite. So we're also going to do some new uh, artwork type stuff, like flattening some of the images, which is a trend that's happening now. Not so, it's kind of hard to explain, but like we're flattening some of the images. We're uh, taking more of a simplistic yet uh, clean approach, still staying uber patriot, patriotic, um, and just doing a lot of more limited release type of stuff. Okay. Okay. So the name's not going to change then. Oh, no, no, no. no. Okay. Okay. I, I wasn't sure. So like, for example, we're doing our pre-workouts coming out. We're doing red, white, boom, but we're calling it the A-bomb edition. And then we're doing the red, white, and boom. Their next pre-workout is called the napalm edition, which is more of a fat burning pre-workout. And we're coming out with a, uh, an ana natural anabolic product performance enhancer called full metal jacket. It's got a really cool kind of military-esque label to it. So, but each every label, every product is going to look slightly different. And uh, we're going to run them uh, originally on a limited basis and just like one large run and sell them out and then move on. But the ones that are super popular, we're going to have stick around. Okay. Um, and so we're going to be doing a lot of that. It's just kind of a little bit of a different approach. Like all three of the brands at their core, again, no pun intended, at their core <laughs> has stick to the same principles but they all have different uh, distribution channels. Uh, like Core has a massive direct-to-consumer business, whereas America Labs has a massive wholesale business. Um, and so COVID, America Labs was way more affected by COVID because wholesale died way more than direct-to-consumer. Um, you know, so that's why America needs a little bit of a rebrand. Okay, so all, all this growth with all three core companies, is leading you to move to North Carolina? Yeah. Okay. So we're here in Sterling, Ashburn area. In fact, we just moved from Ashburn about a year ago to Sterling because we needed more space. So we're in about 24,000 square feet now. And I stole this place. It's a beautiful office. I stole this place um, 
on a sublease okay. because it was a 10 year sublease and they had like 22 months or 24 months left and we needed the space. So I was lucky to steal it. The market rate for this place that I'm in right now is probably, well, they just sent me like a, a re-up. Sure. Uh, I think it came out to like $31,000 a month, okay. I want to say. So not cheap. Yeah. We're an international supplement brand that's distributed around the world. I don't need to be here. I could be anywhere in the world, really. Anywhere mm -hmm. in the U.S., let's say that. Yeah. And so I put it to my team. I put it to my wife. I put it to everyone involved. Well, where do you guys want to be? And I was like, we need, I, I prayed about it. I was like, we need something to tell us where to go. Because right here where we're at, my, all my neighbors, my neighbors Tesla, my neighbors data center this, data center that. Like, why are we distributing supplements here? It doesn't make sense. So I thought about Texas. You look for places where the taxes are better, right? Texas, Tennessee, Florida. I don't really want to be in Florida. Uh, don't really want to move to Texas. Um, so an opportunity came up where one of our largest manufacturers is about an hour north of Charlotte. And I have a great relationship with them. We've been doing a ton of business with them. And they were outgrowing their space, partly because of what we've been doing with them. So um, a whole shopping center came up, basically. It was an old Kmart, an old billiards hall. It was billiards hall. It was about 100,000 plus square feet in Statesville, North Carolina, which is about an hour north of Charlotte. Um, and it was vacant for a long time. And basically, because of my relationship with them, we're like, kind of like, let's buy this together type of thing. And so we're buying 14 acres. Um, we actually close next week. The process, like the drawings are already done. So basically they're getting like about a 50 to 60,000 square foot old Kmart. I'm getting about a 32,000 square foot um, old, we don't even know what it was. Sure. And we're completely gutting it. So I'm paying X for it and I'm paying 4X to renovate it. To okay. redo the whole thing. Okay. So we're getting about, I'm getting about four acres of land and about 32,000 square feet. Um, seven of that thousand, I'm actually going to turn into a gym. So we already, we've already put a gym in here. Um, it's, that's our passion at the end of the day. So we're creating crush at Coliseum, which is going to be another business. At the end of the day, we do it for marketing. Um, but we are going to, when we're, it got rezoned so that when we go to North Carolina, we'll have our, I guess, global headquarters. And then right next to it, there'll be about a 7,000 square foot, really kind of just custom awesome gym right like where you're really people that are passionate about uh training and fitness are going to go um and so we're going to open that to the public it's going to be like a key tag where you can go in 24 7 um and then we'll have our warehouse side we'll, where we'll be able to we're estimating about a thousand pallets we'll be able to store in our facility and we'll have about four or five thousand square feet of office space really nice media rooms and conference rooms and all the stuff that we need to kind of do our job and market what we're doing, what we're doing. Um, so demolition starts at the end of this month. If all things go well, we're moving, um, hopefully in the May time period, I have to be out of here May 31st. Um, so there's a lot to be done in that time period. So we, I've already had employees buy houses down in like Mooresville area. So we're not going to live in Statesville. Um, we're going to live probably a half an hour south of that in the Mooresville area, right on like Lake Norman, which okay. is half hour north of Charlotte. And um, 
my mortgage of the building and property that we will own will be less than half of what I'm paying here. Yeah. So the equivalent up here, because I looked at it, I went down the route, um, is five to $7 million. Down there, it's gonna cost me two to two and a half. So I still struggled with that. I have a great connection to the DMV area. I have, uh, I, I really like our neighborhood. We live in Vienna. Uh, my kids have a ton of friends. We have a lot of friends. I've been here in this area for 20 years. I have a great church, like all of these things. And it was really hard for me to disconnect from all of that. And, but when I tell people that literally I'm going to be saving X amount a month, just that I'm throwing away here, um, it's really kind of a no brainer. Yeah. And we're up for that. Like my wife's kind of like a ride or die. Like she likes the change and like, she likes to, uh, she'll go wherever. Right. So yeah. she's excited about it. The kids are excited about it. It's a little bit of a different way of life in North Carolina, which I'm actually, my wife's from Southern Virginia. Uh, and you know, I grew up, uh, did a lot in central PA, which is very similar to Southern Virginia. It's mm -hmm. a lot different than Northern Virginia. So we're looking forward to a little bit different pace and different lifestyle. Um, I'd like to live on the lake. I think that would be pretty awesome, but, um, all that's kind of TBD. So yeah, it's a massive change and I have just amazing employees that, uh, my key staff, the people that I need to make this, uh, operation work have all, they were gung ho about moving. They were probably more excited about moving than I was. Um, they kind of want to get out of Northern Virginia. Sorry to all your listeners again. <laughs> Hey, you have to go chase opportunity. If it's elsewhere, it is elsewhere. It sounds like you've got, you're getting a great deal. Yeah, I mean, not only that wasn't the, like, of course, we're going to save a ton of money. But on top of that, it's the opportunity to be next door. I mean, literally, I could throw a stone and it'll hit the, stone, the building of our manufacturer. So how fast we can crank out new products, new brands even, the, how much I can be involved instead of sending samples by mail back and forth when we're getting flavoring and all this stuff, right? I can mm -hmm. go over there, sit in the flavor house room, knock out flavor in one day, as opposed to weeks. Yeah. Right. Your next door. We can film, we can bring our media team and our videographer can be there videoing and getting content of every product that we run being manufactured and have more of that content available for people to see on social media. We can be more involved in the quality control aspect of this. So the, like, that is what made it a no brainer, right? Like is having that opportunity. Now we use multiple manufacturers. We have probably four different manufacturers we use, but this one has over half of our business. Um, and I'm sure they'll have even more once we move. Doug, what would you say drives you or motivates you to continue to improve and grow? Hmm. Uh, I, I don't really have an answer for that. You know, so I've won the world championship in natural bodybuilding, a pro natural bodybuilding. Twice, I right? I don't have the best genetics. The, the genetics that I have, that I have, has been this like burning desire to be the best. Like when I went to Penn State, I was not the smartest kid. I graduated number one in my class at Penn State. I had a 4.0 with dual degrees and was the valid uh, Victorian of the entire class at Penn State of tens of thousands of people. And that's because I have this burning desire to be the best at whatever we do. 
and I don't want to be mediocre. I don't just want to be. And so like I'm constantly, it's, it's a blessing and it's a curse because I am extremely hard on those around me, not intentionally, but a lot of people will read how hard I am on myself into what I expect of other people, which are two totally different things, right? Like I do not expect certain, I expect more of myself than anyone, right? But that's not how other people can interpret it. So I have just this, it's probably one, like I said, one of my best and one, one of my worst traits is this like, I'm extremely hard on myself. I don't like mediocrity. I want to be the best at what we do. And so that really strives me. Um, like I love looking at the numbers every month, but it's not because of money. Like I'm not like, the money doesn't matter. Once you get to a certain point and you have a house, you're paying your mortgage, you have a car, your car's paid off, you're saving a little every month, you're putting away for your college, kids' college education. Like more on top of that to me, it just, that doesn't motivate me. It's not the money. It's more kind of chasing the number and the, the, the growth of the company and how many people we can impact and how many people become a part of the community that we've started, what we've created this crush it lifestyle. Uh, and that's our trademark slogan for core and our core clothing that we sell is crush it. And it's giving it your all in everything you do. So, you know, I get motivated by seeing how many people can be, um, you know, affected or impacted in a positive way by all the stuff that we're doing. And so that, that kind of like motivates me to see how big we can get it. Um, it's certainly not the money. Uh, the money is a good, you know, byproduct, side effects. I don't know what you want to call it. Uh, but like I said earlier, more money, more problems. There's more money, there's more responsibility, right? The, the more money you make, the harder you fall when COVID hits, right? Like these massive companies, if you have huge expenses, you're going to get hit uh, harder than other companies. Now, we've always been smart and kept it lean uh, so that we can survive crazy yes. things like COVID, right? Yes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's no one thing. There's no, it's just kind of like this internal drive that I have to be the best. Now, you've had, you have three core businesses, and I'm sure there's more to follow down the road. What would you say thus far in your business career you're most proud of? Plus the championships you've won as well. So, I mean, there's a ton under your belt, Doug. So. Yeah. Um, honestly, I'm most proud of, um, like I said before, the culture that we're building and kind of that following, that community that we're building. Not only from a customer level, uh, that really we have some fanatical customers that just ride or die by core nutritionals or miracle labs or whatever. Um, but also the staff here and the family that we have created in that culture. Um, I'm super proud of that. Like people know us in the industry, um, as the good guys, right? Like, um, we do things ethically. We do things right. We treat people right. We do what is right. And in an industry that is often shrouded by, um, you know, less, uh, I, I'm, has, I'm trying to be very picky with my words here because, uh, you know, there's, you know, a lot of those people I deal with as well, like um, a lot of disingenuous people, right? That, that's not who we are. We are, you know, 
we are very transparent. We wear our heart on our sleeves. You know what we're thinking. We're not going to pull games with people. Uh, we treat our customers and our vendors well. Um, and, you know, I, I'm really proud of that as, as being part of the good guys, right? Like that, that is what really kind of excites me. And, and that goes to leaving a great legacy, right? You know, leaving a great legacy. If I was hit by a bus today or five years from now or whatever, um, a lot of people's lives would be better because of these businesses that we have, you know, created. If, if, if someone wanted to come to you, you know, they want to decide whatever business, whether it's in your space or a different type of space, what, what advice would you give that person? So you have to be passionate about it, right? You really have to be passionate about it. If you're getting into a business because you want to own a business and you like the idea of running your own schedule or um, just being a business owner, you're going to fail. You have to be fanatically passionate about the business that you're running. That is just, there's no question about it. Like if you're going to be successful, you can fake it till you make it type of thing, but that just doesn't cut it. People see through that. You know, you have to be, you have to be, you know, authentic about it. Um, and then you also really need to be realistic with like what you're trying to achieve, right? Like, you know, they say dream big, you can do anything if you put your mind to it. You can't do everything if you put your mind to it. Like you might love basketball, but you might be five, nine and you know, 130 pounds. You're not going to play in the NBA. There's no question about it, right? You might not be able to jump. You might be, you know, fanatical about basketball, but that doesn't, doesn't mean you pursue it. So it's kind of like, where do you have skills and where do your passions align should be driving you to where, where the business is or what business you should start. Um, and then really, and this is a, a little bit do as I say, not as I do. I've talked to a lot of young entrepreneurs and um, my joke is my, my uh, employees tell me, you love getting people to quit their job. And I actually do, right? Because for me, <laughs> I wish I had somebody to nudge me out the door sooner than 13 years because now I don't regret anything because it gave me the means to do what I'm doing today. But if I was able to go in three, five years earlier, um, I think we could be even further along today. Maybe not. Maybe everything happened the way it did for a reason. But so I tell people like, if you're really passionate about this and you do have the skills uh, or the potential skills to do well at that business, you need to go all in. You can't just dip your foot in. It's going to, I mean, you can, I mean, I, I guess at the end of the day I did, but I think I didn't take a paycheck for the first seven years. So like for most people, that's not realistic. You really got to go all in. Um, so, and if you do that, if you have all of those things, uh, you know, people are attracted to passion, right? They're, they're just, attracted to it so like if you can exude that passion and um get a good team on board with that passion and vision that's a recipe for success yeah that's great well what does the future look what's the vision the next three to five years continue to take over the world <laughs> no i mean i don't know i mean like i all our brands right now are on great growth trajectories. So um, I think just keeping our foot on the gas, there are some other projects that we've already have 
starting a separate clothing line with another, um, like down the line, um, maybe different, another supplement brand, you know, with a different spin, with a different audience, with a different take on some of our same core principles. Uh, that's a possibility. Uh, but continuing to really build the communities around these brands um, that we've created. So, um, you know, who knows what's going to happen in three to five years. It's kind of crazy even to think, like, if I look back, it wasn't too long ago that we were fulfilling the stuff out of my friend's basement in New England, right? Now yeah. we're busting at the seams. Like, we need places to store a thousand pallets. And um, so who knows you know like we're building this hq beautiful hq hopefully to be our home for the next x amount of years but i just have this underlying suspicion that we're going to put all this into this building and build a beautiful building and then three years from now we're going to be like well crap we got to move or we need more space right or something like that which we have contingencies in place for that we have land we can build on and stuff but um yeah so sky's the limit i mean we're gonna Myself and the team around me are all super passionate about what we do. I think the industry has recognized that. And we have a lot of other projects within the dietary supplement world, such as functional foods and other things that we have launching in the near future. So, um, you know, we're going to just keep on keeping on, you know, like we have a lot of stuff still to do in this industry. And lastly, Doug, what do you like to do on your free time for fun? play with my kids. I mean, okay. to be honest with you, I mean, there's not much quote unquote free time. I mean, and I'm not complaining one bit, right? Like my free time is work. Like I'm constantly looking at competitors products in researching new ingredients, look at other people's ad sets on Facebook or I don't know anything like that stuff interests me, right? Like I'm stay up to date on that stuff. Um, you know, and I, I love training myself, right? Like, so that my workouts, my training is part of what I do. Like I'll book off two hours in my day to train. And if somebody wants to have a meeting, no, you're not having a meeting. I have a meeting then. My meeting is with the gym, right? Like that's part of the brand. Um, it's very important to me. So I don't even consider that free time. So my free time literally is all in with my kids. Like I, I love go especially the ages they're three and a half and six and a half now and you know this like they're just a ball of fun what comes out of their mouth you never know and they just keep me in stitches all the time and they're just super active boys and they're just a lot of fun so you know taking them to sports and stuff like that and just hanging out with them like that's my free time that's everything i mean at the end of the day being successful in the business side doesn't mean anything if you can't enjoy that side of it that's what means everything right so this is really kind of my side gig um and i just really enjoy spending time with them that's awesome where, where can people reach you if they want to reach out or you know buy some of your product where can they go well i mean i could list a bunch of different <laughs> websites here so my personal email is doug at core uh that's my main email address um you can reach me there uh, all our websites, corenutritionals.com, uh, americalabs.com, americaenergy.com, thenutritioncorners.com, all of those. My social media handle is at Doug Miller Pro. So I'm most active on probably Instagram, a little bit of Facebook, but um, mostly Instagram, it's Doug Miller Pro, all one word. Um, 
And so that's where I spend probably most of my social media time. Um, that's probably the best place to get a hold of me. Doug, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. I greatly appreciate it. Thanks, man. I appreciate it too. It was good. Yeah. Take care. Thank you. Yep. If you haven't done so already, please make sure to subscribe to the show and leave a review and comment and let me know what you think. Thank you, and I'll see you all very soon on the next episode.